Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks. I'm really excited to welcome the lovely Kerry today, who is going to be joining me to have a chat about her journey and about what she's doing at the moment. So welcome, Kerry. Hi, thank you for having me here. Oh, it's lovely to have you. I'm really keen to hear a bit more about your experiences, but let's start with with how you're doing right now. Um, how, How are things for you? How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, feeling feeling bright and positive today. It's um, yeah, we have our bit up, up and down at the moment, don't we? I think everyone's feeling a bit the same, but um, no, keeping yeah. it positive. Good. Well done, you. No, you're right. It's really kind of take each day, even each hour, as it comes at the moment. With yeah. Virus and lockdown and how everyone's feeling. So, yeah, good. Good to find you in a positive place. <laughs> so you um, already know a little bit about the podcast and how it works and how I like to start is not kind of giving the listeners a big intro about what you're doing now because we'll get onto all of that exciting stuff later but instead to kind of start at a time when you were feeling particularly low or feeling a bit hopeless and think about what that looked like for you and then we'll kind of follow your journey through to kind of finding hope how you might have done that and then and then to what you're doing now so do you have an experience or something that you'd be happy to share with us when you were feeling really low yeah absolutely yeah happy to share okay so, so go ahead when you're ready okay yeah I think I think the the, the time that springs to mind really is, is around about four years ago when I left my career that was that was a really low time for me um I really did hit rock bottom I think mm. um looking back um, I had a career as a probation officer and oh, I loved wow. my job. Mm. Yeah, I loved my job. Um, but I think the, the targets became very difficult when we got privatised and there was quite a lot of difficulties going on and a lot of bullying, actually. And just just a nasty vibe is all I can put it, really, mm-hmm. um, in the office. And I realised that I no longer wanted to do this anymore. And it was a really difficult place to be in because... Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a mum and I've, you know, I've had responsibilities to bring yeah, some money course. in, but I knew I didn't want to do the job anymore. So that was a really difficult time when I left. I really hit rock bottom because when I left, you know, I remember days leading up to me actually leaving and going off work was, you know, days when I was, I would open up my emails, for example, and I just sat and stared at them. I couldn't, I couldn't even open them. I was just mm-hmm. at a point where my mind had gone so blank mm-hmm. and, I just felt unable to do anything anymore. I'd gone from being really confident, successful career person, I felt, to yeah. then just not even being able to, to do that. So that was a really, really difficult time. Sounds like it. Yeah, absolutely. So that was four years ago and you were talking about yeah. being in a in a career that you had had enjoyed at some point but had lost the love for. Yeah. Was there something in particular you felt that led you to that or was it you know a change of heart in you or change of direction needed the environment you're in was I mean it might not be obvious what it was yeah I've reflected a lot on it actually and I I think a lot of it was to do with 
the environment I think the environment changed and I think you know as I mentioned previously there was a lot of pressure put on and I was no longer able to do the job that I wanted to do I felt that I was you know, people were being treated as numbers and that wasn't what I came into the job to do mm. and there was actually quite a lot of bullying is all like it's the only way I can put it which I didn't I don't think I necessarily pinpointed at the time but certainly reflecting back on that there was an awful lot of pressure and and I was kind of bullied and made to feel that I couldn't do my job anymore but that was because the targets and everything else were actually unattainable which kind of all came out in the wash afterwards really that that actually was the case but I was made to feel that I, I couldn't I couldn't do my job so I went from being really confident to to thinking, you know, turning up at meetings, just not knowing what to say and just just really lacking in confidence. So I think it was a mixture of that, really. And a lot of people were very unsettled, very unhappy. So there was a lot of negativity going on. So I think looking back, that was one of the main reasons, coupled with, you know, I, I'd gone part time. I've got two boys and I think I need deep down I needed a, a change in direction, really. Yeah, right. I think that's so interesting what you've said there, because I think that is something that happens to to people quite a bit but there were two things that you mentioned one thing was the toxic environment and what that does to you because environments do change you know different people come in or a situation changes or expectations change like what you're talking about here and I certainly can relate to feeling like the expectations were just unachievable when I was teaching and didn't matter how hard I worked how many hours because when you really, really care about a job and you really want to do it to your to your full abilities, you know, you <laughs> targets aren't always reasonable. And to be made yeah. to feel that it's you that's at fault, maybe rather than the expectations, can really undermine your confidence. So yeah, I think yeah. that was two things there that that toxic environment and how much of an impact that can have on our mental health and and so often we can feel like we're at fault and it's us that's to blame. Um, yes. But that, that whole idea there of, of um, the expectations undermining your self-esteem and, and going from someone who was quite confident to feeling, yeah, unable to, to do things. And that's really tough. I mean, so tell us, yeah. you know, what happened after that? How did you come out of that time and that experience? I mean basically I ended up breaking down one day in work and I I was in such a bad place and it was just a really small thing that had triggered it off and I just sat there saying I can't cope I can't cope I can't cope and which was just so not like me and I left work and actually it was my husband that suggested I went to maybe chat to the doctor about it because he said you you just don't seem yourself and the doctor Mm. immediately signed me off with work-related stress Mm. um and so I kind of went off work thinking oh I'll be back in a week and the doctor said no no I'm signing off with immediate effect for a month and then we'll see how things go which was Mm. really not what I expected actually and it really changed my views on a lot of things I didn't take time off work it's not what I did Mm. um you know and it was it was quite a shock until I kind of sat down and thought about it and thought yeah this kind of makes sense and I think I think looking back as well there have been a lot of different incidents you know and, and you know we'll go on to what I do now about bullying but actually there's a lot of bullying aspects of it certainly in the past and from my own personal experience being bullied as a child and then within a career um had left me such with such low confidence Mm. deep down I thought I was this confident career person and in in so many ways I was and I was actually good at my job and I can say that now which I couldn't at the time Mm. um but all these experiences just added to that and as you say added to that idea of 
it's my fault I'm to blame and that was really really destroying that was difficult but I kind of I think sorry coming back to your question I think mm. I think really I had a choice then of what I did I could go back and actually I did try to go back um, and I did try and reduce my hours and do something that would help but my work just weren't having it they just didn't want to they were kind of fighting me at every stage and you know to the point where even um, my manager had said to me I don't understand why you want to reduce your hours when when you've said that the workload's so difficult. And I, I sort of said, it really took me aback. And I said, well, my, my, my thoughts are that if I reduce my hours, the idea is I'll reduce my workload as well. Right. right. But my, the suggestion was that on the time that I have off, um, you know, Monday and a Friday I had off, mm. I say off, I was looking mm. after my children at the time mm. and they were very young, but it was suggested that I answer emails that on those days, etc. I said, but that's not resolving the issue. No, it's not reducing the workload. Mm. No, it really wasn't. So I felt it was put very much back onto me. And actually because, you know, my manager and so many other people were in such a difficult position, I understood that. Um, but it didn't help my situation. So I think I had, a, I realised then I, there was no going back for me. Mm. And I changed direction completely, to be honest. Okay. So that's really interesting because you said um, going to the doctor was a bit of a shock because it made you realise maybe how serious this was. And there's something yes. really important there about how we kind of plough on sometimes just thinking, oh, well, you know, I've just got to get through today or I've just got, it's a Friday. Or I've just got to do this. Or I've just got to pick up the kids, whatever it is. Um, but actually it maybe made you step back and think, and it does take a massive mm -hmm. amount of courage to go and see a professional and, and, and to then realize actually, yeah, I did, you know, I do actually need some extra support at the moment. This is really difficult. This is unreasonable. I am being asked to do too much. And we yeah. work in, you know, we live in a society that, that really idealizes or idolizes even that work, 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 work you know, all the time ethic and like, you know, if you want to be successful, you just work harder. And actually, yes. we're not meant to work seven days a week. And we're meant to have such a more rounded life than just our work and what we do. Um, and if you're not enjoying yeah. work, it's so much of your time that you're feeling unhappy. And that's going to have a massive impact on on your mental health. You said something yeah. else pretty important there as well, which was about previous experiences and I think that's absolutely crucial because when you've had difficult experiences when you're younger that have given a basis for some kind of low self-esteem or um, negative inner self-talk let's say it can be really easy for a, something to happen later on in adulthood that then kind of accesses those low feelings that are still there and like you said you were feeling yeah. like a confident career woman but actually it the whole situation with the toxicity and, and the expectations being too high then undermined that and tapped straight back into some feelings you'd felt from, from when you were really little. And I think it's, yeah. really, it's really easy for that to happen and then we feel flooded with these emotions that then stops us being able to do the things that we do. But it's, it's, not, it's not our fault. It's just an, something that's happened. It's accessing back to a feeling we had before that we already know and so our you know our brains know how to do that feeling and they go hang on I know this I can do this um, yes but really really powerful actually what you've just said so thank you for sharing because it's you have to be really brave and vulnerable to share that kind of stuff oh. so I really appreciate that You're so you, you said from then you had a complete change of direction so tell us a little bit about what were the first steps from feeling 
really, really low, you know, whether it was when you just left work or where it was that you were feeling low, what, what did you do that began to change your perspective or change how you were feeling? Oh, that's a really good question. And that's um, something I'm, I love chatting about because what I did was something that I never thought I would do, which was creative projects. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, I mean, while I'd gone through this really difficult time, I had, I've all, so sorry, just to come back, I'd, I'd always been interested in interiors and, mm-hmm. you know, always loving doing our house and changing their wallpaper and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And people always say, oh, you've got an eye for it or you've got an eye for colour. And I thought, oh, OK, you know, shrugged it off. Um, and I wanted, I, I'd started, this is before I left work, I'd started to do um, furniture. I taught myself how to, how to upcycle furniture. Okay. So. I started on like an old coffee table that I had and I started to sand that back and learn how to treat all the wood. I painted different chairs. I did lots of different projects and that just started to heal me is the only way I can put it. It's, it was the most amazing process because when I left work one of the most difficult things was well you'll know about this your restless mind. Mm -hmm. I couldn't focus. I was jittery all the time. I had you know, uh, you know, probably depression, anxiety. And I, even though I was really busy as a mum and everything else, I couldn't quieten my mind with those really negative thoughts. And the only thing that, I, that managed to do that was being creative. So I started to do pieces and I started to do up bits of furniture for friends and family. And people were saying, you know, God, you're really good at this. And I was like, oh, am I? You know, just, you know, it was something I'd never done before. And I realised as I did it, I wanted to learn to Um, I had an old chair and I wanted to learn to put a seat pad on it so I I kind of taught myself a little bit how to put a bit of fabric over it and I thought I love this so I actually I found a lady who had taught herself how to do these wing back chairs in a really eclectic Mm. patchwork fabric and different designs and she was doing courses and I thought I wonder if I can do that so it was one of the most powerful things I did was to get in touch with her and to go on her course and just learn how to do that. So over the space of the course, I learned how to completely strip back a chair, a huge wing back chair, how to put it all back together. And then I learned how to sew. I couldn't mm. sew. Oh, wow. I learned how to sew and put all these different fabrics together because I realized that that was my passion, colors and fabrics mm. and how to reupholster. And that was what changed things for me. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> like, and really unexpected as well. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that you weren't you didn't know that that would have been what would what would help as well. It's something really, um, really interesting about learning new skills that until we're thrown into a situation where we have got space, let's say, and that can be in Mm -hmm. a number of different ways that can be time, but also the mental space that we need to have a project or something or a focus um, to take our mind on because yeah that kind of monkey mind idea where it goes off on on kind of lots of anxious thoughts or negative thoughts and we need somewhere to kind of to to move some of that in a positive way and I really find with art therapy there's something about getting out of your head and into your body through making artwork or being creative or doing exercise or whatever it is that that people do to feel better but there's something really powerful about being able to quieten the mind through physical activity or engagement of some kind and it sounds as though you were able to just really throw yourself into that creative process and discover something amazing that you were really good at at the same (laughs) time really unexpectedly yeah it's amazing (laughs) so then where where did you go from then tell us about the next step 
Yeah, so it's been quite a long, anyway, you can describe it as a journey. It really has been a journey of, of self-discovery like no other, really. Yeah. So I, I started to do that and um, I started to try and build up a, a, a business doing that. But it, as I started to do that, it opened my mind up again because what I'd done, what I'd done was forget about all the skills I'd learned over 15 plus years being a probation officer. It was almost like I wanted to blank that out and forget about it. But I started to I started to build a business and I started to go to networking events for, for females, um, just as a bit of support, really, and a bit mm. of advice about starting a business. And I ended up getting myself a mentor, a lady who would help me to build a business up and mm. to, you know, to, and to build myself back up again. And they were massive steps for me. And along that journey, I realized that what I really, really wanted to do was, yes, the creativity is my passion but also helping others who were maybe going through what I've been through because I realized all along exactly what what you said Harriet about about when I was younger my past experiences had impacted on me my whole life and I'd gone through life not really realizing it I don't think you know when I was we'd, we'd moved areas um right across the country when I was four and then again when I was nine and when I went into high school because I didn't have an accent I was really bullied because of it and I think that that affected me my whole life and I realized there must be other people out there who have been through this or who are going Mm. through this and so it's taken me in a whole nother direction of well becoming a a bullying specialist really and using all the skills I learned as a probation officer and my own experience to helping people who've been in that situation because it isn't talked about and there's so much shame and stigma attached to it and I'm just on this mission and this passion to 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 really support people with that so that's that's taken me where I am now really. That's incredible I think you're so (laughs) right about the impact of kind of childhood experiences and and I think it's not just some people everybody is impacted by their childhood experiences it's just whether they're aware of it or not you know and obviously doing a job like mine and doing therapy I've become very aware of how my childhood like experiences have impacted me and I can see that with my clients but it's a real revelation when you realize that something that you experienced like for you when you were four or when you you know you were a bit older and you'd moved that impact wasn't your fault you were just reacting as a four-year-old would react you know you were doing the things that made sense to you at the time and and always we're always doing the best we know how to do at the time and that is good enough and it's always going to be good enough but it's almost giving ourselves permission to kind of be with that child that younger version of ourselves and and reassure them that they're okay that no one's going to do anything to hurt them or upset them you know like they might have might have been in the past because we're now the adult to protect that child version of ourselves, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's quite a, an interesting experience. I think I tend to find people will kind of either really go for it and kind of want to look at their childhood experiences or they really won't want to look and yeah. they're scared about what they might find or anxious about that. And I, and I think that, you know, we have to respect that choice that people make but if you are able to explore a little bit about your past experiences it can open up so much for kind of what's going on for you now and what you find difficult and also let those things go in order to move forward and and not be impacted so tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing now because you're you're launching this uh, you're you're doing a business now where you're working as a, a bullying specialist I'd love to know a bit more about what you do and how that works 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love what I'm doing now. And it's still in its fairly early stages, but I'm just building up all the time. And I'm working with, well, I'm working through also, I started off working with women who had experiences of bullying, just because as a fe- not not that I'm sort of <laughs> ignoring men, but just mm. as a female, I felt I could understand that experience a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I started, I started off doing that, but I've also, I realise that it's not just adults who need that, it's it's children who need the support it's it's teenagers it's Mm -hmm. parents Mm. it's it's there are lots of people who are affected by bullying in so many different ways so I offer a service where people can come and have sessions with me and Mm -hmm. talk to me about it because one thing I really I learned in probation was how to how to talk about very sensitive issues and how to to allow people to feel comfortable enough to be able to share that Mm -hmm. and how to move them from that really difficult place to a much more positive one where they actually want to be and that's those are the the skills that I use now so I also have online programs that I do at the moment for women where they look at their creativity I have a 12-week program where where women can come on and they can they they learn online but they also have a, a weekly call with me and through that 12 weeks, they learn how to do their own project, whether it's an old coffee table that they've got that they want to maybe stencil or they want to start painting. And as they're doing that each week, it's a very gentle process. Each week, there's a different task they do. And it's also working on them as well. So, for example, they might be sanding back a table, for example, and saying some affirmations out loud. It's teach or journaling. It's, it's, it's taking people through that process so that at the end, they feel that they've started to work on themselves, but also that as you were saying before that sense of achievement that they've of achieving a project yes absolutely I'm passionate about that it's really important to me because I have my my chair that I completed with the the first chair I completed on my course sits in my living room and that's my reminder that on my low days I can achieve something and it's really important and it's full of all the colors and that I love and the patterns so I've, I've developed courses like that but as I say I'm branching out into doing one-to-one sessions mm. as well. I want to get into schools and share that message. I want to get into schools and do workshops and um, with younger children and teenagers and with teachers themselves to talk about the impact of bullying and to, to offer my personal experience and my professional experience on that. Because I think, I don't think it's there at the moment. I think that we touch on it, but I understand that particularly in schools, you'll know teachers are so mm. overrun with everything they have to do when it's, yeah. It's such a difficult job for them that I think maybe there's a need for somebody to come in and maybe help with well-being, like like bullying impacts, especially at the moment with the world that we're living in. Absolutely. And I that's think what I do as a bullying specialist. That's amazing. I think there's something there you just hit on about the shift in people's perspective. If someone else comes in, that you just listen all over again. And I remember yeah. when I was teaching and people would come in and do all sorts of different kind of work with the kids and you you listen again and you hear it again and you, and it shifts your teaching for the you know you learn as yeah. well so there's something really valuable about that I think yeah what an incredible amalgamation of your <laughs> skills I think that's something we spoke about and connected about before the yeah. podcast actually about that we don't always know how our our kind of intuition and skills are going to come together to create something but so often it does and it sounds like all these incredible skills you've learned from your previous career and your creativity have come together to to create something really unique and 
offering a space yeah. that isn't like you say is not out there very much for women and and everybody and also something I loved about what you said there was the impact on other people because there's such a ripple effect and this is something I find a lot with art therapy that I'll do work with my client but but there's so much other work that goes on with the client with their relationships with their family members and this ripple effect goes goes out and and the more people that yeah. you can kind of just give them a little shift of perspective the bigger kind of change that you you can impact and and, and I think that's just really really incredible thank you so oh. much for kind of sharing all of that I think it's it's really going to give people just a, a fresh perspective and something different to think about and and also like you say a space to speak about you know bullying and feeling marginalized and also having kind of accessing previous experiences where they've had low self-esteem or negative self-talk and it's triggered by something that then happens later you know I think it's such an important yeah. thing to kind of explore and, and feel that there's there's places that you can go to speak to somebody who gets it and it sounds it sounds yeah. like you really do. So if yeah. people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to, to connect up with you and what you're doing? I'm on Facebook. I've got a page on Facebook, Kerry Patterson, Bullying Specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm, I'm not great on Instagram, I've got to be honest, but I do post on there. You can contact <laughs> me on there. That's fine. And just, yeah, contact me on there or, you know, my personal profile, whatever, message me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to just reach get my message out there as much as possible to reach as many people as possible and I I'm I'm really one thing I'm conscious of is that people who come to me as as you all know as well you know that they're probably in a really difficult position and they probably feel a lot of I don't know shame or stigma Mm. or just really worrying about talking to somebody and I I want to be able to to say that I, I do really understand it and I just if you need somebody to talk to objectively then I'm here and I can chat about the best way we can maybe work together. I'd love that. That's amazing. And I think you're so, that's just brilliant to be able to say that to people that you get it. And this is somewhere you can go and someone you can talk to who will understand and be able to support you or support you to find the support that you need, which, which is just phenomenal. Thank you so much. I mean, what an incredible process. And I just feel like you've, you know, shared a really, really tricky experience and how that's actually become part of your purpose and passion and what what you're fired up about. And I, I really do believe that is the case that so often when we have a really low point, a really difficult time, that it then becomes the thing that transforms us to be the person that we really want to be. And I would never have I wouldn't have said that when I was going through a really difficult time myself um, because I didn't have that hindsight. I wouldn't have been able to see that, but I can now see that it really shifted my perspective and made me think, well, I'm only, you know, I might as well give this my best shot because yeah, you know, what's, what's the point otherwise? There's no point being unhappy sitting in a job that I don't like or, or whatever it might be. Um, and it's just about giving people permission to, to explore that there might be another another route that they can take another experience another way they can do it and maybe just to 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 explore that you know and yeah um and that there are people just like you who will listen and support and understand and give you a route you know a route forward that feels supportive and creative and yeah really really amazing so thank you so much was there any oh you're so welcome oh thank you was there any (laughs) last points or anything else that you felt like I really wanted to share that um it doesn't matter if there wasn't but just if anything has come to mind 
I just think just I just wanted to just reinforce what you said about how important it is to reach out and talk to somebody because I think quite often we feel as you say we're going through the process and we we're, we're stuck and we don't know we sometimes feel there isn't another option and we feel trapped and that is the worst worst feeling to have mm-hmm. and I think it is just knowing that, that there are people who are objective who are supportive who get it who aren't going to judge you and just you know even if it's not reaching out to a, a professional even if it's reaching out to somebody you can trust and somebody objective in your life I think is so important don't sit at home and think that you've got no options I mean that's what I love what you're doing talking about you know going from rock bottom to a place of hope and I want to give people hope and say that you can go from rock bottom and actually you can learn from that and it can it can make you better my life is so much better because of all of this really looking back because it's changed in so many ways I just feel a happier calmer person enjoying the the simple things now so yeah I just want to say this hope out there oh that's that's really inspirational I think that's yeah that's the kind of message that people need to hear is just borrow our hope and know that there's going to be some and 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 reach yeah. out like you say what an important message thank you so much I really, oh, really appreciate thank it. you if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to on the podcast so far you can subscribe using apple podcasts or your podcast app and you can also leave us a review and let us know what you've enjoyed what you'd like to hear more of and we'd love to hear from you And otherwise, take really good care of yourself and you'll hear from me soon.